You're listening to a Soulfire Productions podcast. Welcome to Wellness Realness, where we get very real about all things health and wellness, physical, mental, financial, and spiritual. I'm your host, Christina Rice, a nutritional therapy practitioner and energy healer turned holistic business coach for ambitious entrepreneurs. And I'm here to help you up-level every aspect of your life. Remember my disclaimer, the information in this podcast is general health and nutrition advice and not a replacement for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. You can find an endless amount of content from me and join my online membership at christinaricewellness.com. And if you want exclusive behind-the-scenes content and my most unfiltered self, DM a screenshot of your iTunes rating and review to Wellness Realness Crew on Instagram and request to follow my super secret account. You can also join the Wellness Realness Podcast Tribe Facebook group to hang out with other listeners in the crew. Get ready for some wellness realness. I get asked quite often about referrals for naturopaths. And uh, my guest today is somebody who I would highly recommend, my friend, Dr. Emily Pocha. She is a naturopathic doctor here in San Diego in La Jolla, actually. She's the owner of Wildcraft Medicine. And we actually met through my friend, Anisha, who owns Powerhouse Pizza. I'm sure many of you know Powerhouse. If you follow me on social media, you know that I love to get my gluten-free cauliflower crust pizza from Powerhouse. And Anisha said we had to connect and we did. And this woman is so incredible, so knowledgeable. And what's also cool is we have another layer of connection. When I first got diagnosed with Lyme and I was really struggling, I started getting ozone therapy at Restore Medicine in Hillcrest in San Diego, which is the same practice where Emily worked before I started getting ozone, but she worked in the practice there and was getting more training there after finishing her schooling. So she has a ton of experience helping people with Lyme disease and mold illness, since that's very much what they specialize in at Restore. So we have that in common as well. And we were talking a lot about just different therapies for those health issues. And so she has just such a wide range of knowledge and a lot of real life experience. She's not somebody who just talks about these things. She's somebody who works with patients every day who have had a wide variety of health concerns and she really gets to the root cause and understands the intersection between the physiological, emotional, and energetic levels of healing. But at Wildcraft Medicine, her own practice, she focuses a lot on gut health and how that relates to brain function, mental health, immune regulation, hormone production, metabolism, energy, and it really helps people to get rid of their digestive issues for good. But she's also now very much focusing on supporting couples with a natural pregnancy. So she's doing a lot of fertility work as well with preconception, fertility, and the intersection with digestive health and hormonal balancing. So she knows a lot. She's got a lot of incredible experience and has been trained in so many different modalities. And we even talk about some of the gemstone therapies that she started doing with patients, which is really cool. So I'm really excited for you to hear today's episode and connect with Dr. Pocha. She's amazing. And you can find more from her on Instagram 
at High Five to Health and at Wildcraft Medicine. And if you go to wildcraftmedicine.com, you can learn all about her practice. And if you're looking for a naturopathic doctor, then definitely check her out. We talk about prepping for pregnancy. We talk about digestive health. We talk about different approaches to Lyme disease. We talk about the energetic aspect of healing. So much amazing information packed into this episode. And I'm really excited for you to hear it. So enjoy this conversation with Dr. Emily Pocha. Everyone wants to know how to balance their hormones. The thing is, there are a lot of hormones to balance. So how do you go about actually helping to balance all of them? You support your endocannabinoid system, which is really the balancing system in the body. And the way you do this is through full spectrum hemp oil. This is one of the many reasons why I love Ned full spectrum hemp oil. People ask me all the time about CBD. This is the only CBD product I use. It is so potent, so powerful, and the highest quality out there. What's different about Ned is it's not just a CBD. Their formula contains the full range of phytocannabinoids. So you have the full spectrum. You have the CBD, but also the CBG, CBC, CBDA, CBGA, everything that works together to provide that entourage effect, which is what offers the true benefits of hemp. And some of those benefits include balancing out your hormones, your cortisol, your sex hormones, which means, yes, it can help with your period. It also can help with your sleep, regulating melatonin. This is amazing as a sleep aid. If you struggle with insomnia, I've had so many clients and friends who can't get to sleep who finally can sleep when they start using Ned. It's also an amazing way to support anxiety, depression, boost your mood. It's a great anti-inflammatory if you have any type of inflammation, pain, physical body pain, but also autoimmune disease. It really supports all of the systems in your body and helps to balance you out. And I have noticed a huge difference since using that. I've been using this product for a long time now, a couple years that has changed my life and I will never go back. And the sourcing is so important to me. They only extract from hemp flowers. They don't extract from the stalks and seeds of the hemp plant like a lot of other companies. And they use a really gentle, slow ethanol-based extraction method at room temperature. A lot of companies out there use high heat or high pressure, which really compromises the profile of the hemp flower and can compromise the cannabinoid content. They also infuse their products with positive vibes, love, and gratitude. We know all about the power of this through a lot of research around how our words and intention can affect molecular structure. Check out the hidden messages in water if you didn't know about that. And they also attune their products to binaural beats to the frequencies of 3.5 hertz and 7.83 hertz. These help to promote balancing and grounding. I take a dropper's worth every night, leave it under my tongue for about 30 seconds, swallow, and notice a huge difference. I can't recommend this enough. And if you're a woman, check out their natural cycle collection. Amazing for regulating your period. You can check out all of Ned's products at helloned.com. They have their full spectrum hemp oil, their natural cycle collection, their hemp-infused lip balm, their hemp-infused body butter, their new sleep blend. And you can use the code wellness, W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S, for 15% off any of the products. Again, that's helloned.com and use that code wellness, W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S, for 15% off any of their products. So what has been your favorite uh, topic you've been talking about? Oh, man. Um... 
So, I mean, gut health for sure is just easy to talk about because yeah. I definitely treat a lot of people with different gut issues. Mm-hmm. But probably the thing I'm most passionate about talking about is preconception health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just, I actually just got a question this morning from somebody in my membership. Maybe you can answer it. Yeah. She was like, I want to get pregnant in the next couple of years. What's the most important thing for me to be doing right now? Wow. That's a great question. And I feel like it's probably a multi answer. Um, (laughs) Give it to me. Yeah. I mean, for sure, the prenatal thing is important. You you should definitely be taking that before you're even like pregnant. How soon? Um, So I typically work with women at least four months, but six months is ideal before they get pregnant. And I'm starting to put them on prenatals. Mm. But then like Dr. Pompa talks about and a few other doctors like looking into heavy metals and detoxing, I'd say is probably key. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it takes us our whole lives to kind of slowly build up toxins from the environment that we're just exposed to through our food environment, um, products that we're using and so forth. So it takes a long time to get rid of those. And especially with your first child, that's where, unfortunately, we tend to dump a lot of our toxins onto our first <laughs> child. I know. <laughs> so if you're thinking about getting pregnant in a few years, start working on detoxification for mm-hmm. sure. And that could be like just supporting your liver. That could be like looking at heavy metals. Um, that could be looking into like if you have any SNPs or mm-hmm. genetic mutations and kind of working on those. Yeah. Yeah. So why do you think so many women now have such a hard time getting pregnant? It's such a, it's such a crazy... It's a big con- thing. It is. It's huge. I think there's, again, probably multifactorial, but um, a lot of unfortunately is our food. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our soil just doesn't have the same nutrients it used to. We're using all these different chemicals and sprays, even the like non-GMO organic, unfortunately has some, you know, traces of glyphosates and other, I don't trust anything. No, I don't either. (laughs) Um, so like, even when you're just trying to be so good, it's frustrating because you'll run organic acid test or something and someone's, you know, oxalates are super high or whatever. Um, so partly it's that a lot of the products that we use too, are, you know, have a lot of chemicals, phthalates, all that kind of stuff. Um, our stress levels are uh, just off the off the charts, mm-hmm. um, especially because women now are so much more not just being the stay at home moms, which is complete. I love that. In fact, I would love to be a stay at home mom at some point, at least for a short period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of us are like in school till we're in our 30s or you know late 20s and tar- starting our careers. And so I think there's a lot that's um, shifting in that too, mm-hmm. with women wanting to uh, or. or tend to be ready to get pregnant a little bit later in life, which just naturally will kind of bring a little bit more difficulty sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then what about like, do you see that the man is causing the problems often? That's a great point. Um, you know, I always say in my little like blurbs about preconception is it takes two to tango, mm-hmm. right? So as much as I love to see the women come in and that's typically who brings the couple in, I always want to make sure that we're looking at the men's health. There's tons of things they can be doing, especially antioxidant health to just Mm -hmm. support sperm, both motility, um, the integrity of the sperm, all that stuff really matters. You know, sometimes even just like cutting back on their alcohol or like, I mean, even my husband, husband now, I have to get used to saying that. (laughs) So excited. I mean, in order to sleep, he has to take edibles, right? And THC and marijuana is an estrogenic, Mm -hmm. like it can increase, you know, more of a push, more of a push towards estrogen. So just little stuff like that can start to affect, um, you know, the men as well. Okay. So if a woman is listening and she's trying to nudge her (laughs) partner to get ready, like what would be the the most important things for her to try and get him to start doing? Yeah. 
I mean, I think it'd be helpful for them to go see someone together mm-hmm. because this, you know, you're, you're starting this family together. So, you know, it should be a team effort. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if the, the woman's going through a detox cleanse and like working on supporting her hormones and the guy's just like waiting at home for her to report back, like it's already kind of a separate thing. So mm-hmm. first I think it's nice for people to come in together because they're on the same page you know, hopefully they both want to have children and not just one. Yeah. And sometimes it's always going to be maybe one more than the other, potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I think the energy that, you know, I, I know you really talk a lot about this, but mm-hmm. the energetic aspect of like starting a family and creating new life, mm-hmm. it should come for both sides. Yeah. So I think if you can get them to come with you to an appointment or find a doctor that's going to work with both partners, I think that's ideal. But even just to kind of slowly nudge them. Like if you're doing a good cleanse, get them to do, you know, even like a juice cleanse with you or mm-hmm. let's cut out red meat for a little while or, you know, more, more plant-based or whatever it is, you know, mm-hmm. maybe plant-based isn't the right choice for, for every person, obviously, but even just, you know, going cleaner, taking out sugar, cutting back on mm-hmm. alcohol, that little stuff can make a big difference. Yeah. Well, I want to talk more about your nutrition philosophy because yeah. I know that you've, you have so much experience with this, like working with people, of all kinds of issues. And actually, I want you to speak more to that too, because sure. I think it's really interesting. Like, you know, we kind of connected over like mutual restore, restore medicine. I, right. I got ozone there for a while, which right. I think is cool. Um, but I'm curious about like what your nutrition philosophy is and kind of how that's evolved. Yeah. And it's constantly evolving, you know, yeah. and um, depending on who's sitting in front of me too, like in terms of patients, yeah. right? what they need. But I tend to start off with kind of a plant-based paleo anti-inflammatory diet. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like my general handout that I'll give to people Mm -hmm. that just kind of come to see me and are like, Hey doc, what should I be eating? Um, so basically what it does is it stresses more of like vegetables and a variety of vegetables too. Right. So I have a lot of patients that come see me and they're like, I'm eating really healthy, but they eat the same meals every single day. Mm -hmm. Right. Or the same two or three that they rotate through. And that's not necessarily great either because then you're not getting a variety of nutrients. So it really is about like eating the rainbow, not Skittles, but mm-hmm. like <laughs> variety of vegetables and and some fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really like the, their, their plate to be mostly kind of plant-based if possible. Um, and then really focusing on clean animal proteins. I do find that for most people, if they're open to eating animals, that, I, that the animal protein, it just gives you a, a definitely more protein per serving. So mm-hmm. it's a little bit easier. Um, and and depending upon who you're working with, um, I guess that's not a perfect rule, but you know, when I deal with like really chronically ill patients, like Lyme patients, Mm -hmm. they have their bodies going through so much that they need that animal protein a lot of the time. Um, and I find that people that are more vegan in that scenario, they tend to have a lot of like poor energy. Mm -hmm. So sometimes shifting and even adding a little bit of animal protein can make a big difference. So anyway, we talk about animal protein being more of like a side, um, but also making sure that the quality of animal protein you're getting, mm-hmm. right? That's huge. Um, is really clean source, organic, wild caught, grass fed, all that good jazz. Um, and then I, I do try to tell people, uh, tend to tell people, you know, gluten-free, mm-hmm. um, dairy-free or dairy limited. I'm sometimes, you know, open to either the like more of the goat cheeses, sheep cheeses and milks, um, or just like the, the like raw forms if they mm-hmm. can handle it. Um, sugar-free for sure. So like taking out processed sugar is huge. So there's some big categories that tend to stay with every person. And then from there, especially when it depends on like what's going on with their gut. So like with a lot of my SIBO patients that have overgrowth of bacteria, 
that that's really frustrating for them to come in because they're like, I have tried every diet, I eat super healthy, mm-hmm. and I still have bloating. So for that, we have to get a lot more specific because there's certain vegetables that um, easily ferment, mm-hmm. and they may be eating apples and broccoli and asparagus and thinking they're doing a great job, but those ones can actually trigger their SIBO. Yeah. I mean, that's like everyone who listens to this podcast. They're like, right. I've tried every damn diet yeah. and I'm still bloated. I know. And I've tried all the detoxes and everything and yeah. people get so frustrated with it. It's so frustrated. Even on my end, I mean, you know, I do use like the biphasic SIBO diet a lot with my mm-hmm. patients. And a lot of times, I would say most of the time it, it definitely helps, but there's a handful that we, we put them on the low FODMAPs and the biphasic, you know, this, the biphasic SIBO diet, and they still have bloating. Mm-hmm. And it just, it slowly gets better, but it's a super slow process. Yeah. Well, what do you find like moves the needle for those types of people? Um, a lot of times I find that it's stress. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they're really high stress. They maybe t- type A personality, their jobs, their family life. Um, they may not always be super stressful person, but they may have a, had a really stressful um, experience in their life. Yeah. So I think it it does get to a point where like working on the trauma and the emotional and the energetic piece can make a really big difference. Mm-hmm. And even doing really simple things, like I was just talking with a patient today about doing abdominal massages on herself. You know, like especially when people have that tight feeling in their upper mm. stomach chest, you can actually do this like hiatal hernia massage where you like push it down mm-hmm. or like taping, taking three deep breaths before you eat um, and chewing your food really well. Like all that stuff can help. Mm-hmm. So I find that that stuff works. Um, and then there's like some drainage remedies that I'll use sometimes. And those are helpful too. Yeah. 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 So where do you lie on the um, like macronutrient spectrum? I feel like nowadays it's like, there's carnivore, there's, yeah. you know, medical medium, eat fruit all day. Like, right. I'm curious where you land on that spectrum. I'm really about variety mm-hmm. and um, moderation. Mm-hmm. I find that, like, there are aspects to all those, like, extreme diets, the keto, the paleo that are helpful. Mm-hmm. But my the trend that I've seen with people is they may go on something like that for a little while and they feel really good in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then over time, there's going to be some sort of nutritional deficiency, typically. So I'm totally open to using those types of things as a therapeutic way to get to a place of balance. But once you're in a state of balance, like I said, the plant-based paleo anti-inflammatory is kind of my, you know, that's even what I do mm-hmm. um, personally. And I'm not like, I'm not, you know, I tend to do an 80-20 rule, right? So 80% of the time I'm following it pretty well. 20% of the time, you know, I cheat a little bit. Yeah. I live, I feed my soul um, because I really enjoy food too, yeah. you know, like everyone else. So um so I tend to just think like anything that's super extreme, if you if you feel a calling to do it, do it. But I would say work back to some sort of state of balance because um, I don't know, in my experience, I've just seen that that can cause issues down the road. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely what happened to me. Like yeah. when I first started working with people, you know, I was just, it was so like keto, low carb for so long and that right. helped me, but it, I was there for too long and then it yeah. gave me all these hormone issues right. and chronic hunger and like and then I had to go to the other side of the spectrum almost to like put myself back, back. in the middle totally. so I I totally hear I think a lot of people forget about the adding things back in side yes. of the equation there's a fear that happens you know mm-hmm. and that's what I, I see a lot of patients like that too like done the low carb paleo for a long time and then they're like afraid to add anything back mm-hmm. in 
Um, and there's always going to be certain foods, you know, that just don't sit well with you, you yeah. know, that you shouldn't add it back in. But I've had a lot of like these women that are completely fatigued. Their hormones are all over the place. They can't get their adrenals working. And it's like, well, when was the last time you had a little bit of brown rice? Yeah. Like, you know, and they're just afraid to add it back in. So I, I try to give suggestions to people that also don't make them feel fearful about it. Mm-hmm. Um, or general guidelines that are, you know, if you, if you don't follow exactly this to a T, you're not going to, you know, it mm-hmm. takes a lot to kill a person. That's what we learned in medical school. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, they're like, look, like, obviously do no harm for sure. But yeah, you know, people get so worked up about like making one wrong mistake. And that's that yeah. type A personality. And you kind of have to be like, look, like, yes, we don't want you to be having sugar every day. But if you fall off, it's your birthday, whatever. Yeah. Just enjoy it and the next day get back on track yeah well you have to be if you have to be perfect it's not sustainable anyway so it won't work yeah well tell tell everyone more about like your training yeah yeah sure so i actually had no idea what a naturopathic doctor was uh up until my senior year of college Mm. like three months before i graduated probably (laughs) i went to a grad school affair because i was thought i was going to go into physical therapy Mm. um and I was at the grad school fair, saw this, you know, school that was in Arizona because I'm from the East Coast. And I was like, oh, that's way too far. I'm not going there. I'm just going to like smile and nod and walk by. Yeah. And the guy caught my attention. He started talking about naturopathic medicine and the six principles of naturopathic medicine. So I sat there listening and he was like, you know, first do no harm and prevention and doctor as teacher and treat the whole person, treat the underlying cause. And I was just like, check, check, check in my head. Like, oh my mm-hmm. God, this all makes sense. So I looked into it that night and I talked to my parents on the phone. I was like, I feel like I need to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had a psych minor. So I was really interested in like why people do the things they do and what makes them tick. So I was excited about PT, but I kind of felt like I was a little bit nervous. That I would get bored, to be honest, yeah. like doing the same thing over and over. Um, so yeah, I basically just kind of made a really pretty took it didn't take me very long to make a decision probably mm-hmm. a week i was like i'm doing this mm-hmm. um so the only other class i needed was organic chemistry so i did have to take like a summer class after i, I graduated from undergrad which was no big deal mm-hmm. in the long run so yeah it's been amazing it's a four-year medical school um you get trained in most of the basic medical classes anatomy physiology pharmacology you learn how to diagnose you're really a general practitioner mm-hmm. um, but on top of all that you're learning herbal medicine you get a lot more hours in nutrition i learned homeopathy i went to school in arizona so naturopaths can also practice acupuncture and chiropractic medicine so i learned that too both of those practices which was pretty awesome yeah yeah um, so all sorts of modalities, uh, hydrotherapy, yeah. which is actually one of my favorites. I love yeah. hydrotherapy. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Like I love what you do because I feel like you really encompass everything. Yeah. And not that many people do. It's so, yeah. it's so cool. It really is a bridge between Eastern and Western medicine. Mm-hmm. So if needed, I can prescribe, right. And, you know, I come from mm-hmm. a background of treating chronic Lyme disease mm-hmm. and there's definitely a time and a place where these people need antibiotics. Mm-hmm. So it's really nice to have that flexibility. Um, but the overarching idea of naturopathic medicine is figuring out, you know, where are all these symptoms coming from and how do we treat that underlying cause Mm -hmm. and that the body has an innate ability to heal. So most of the time, if you just really recognize and understand that physiology, you can see where we need to implement certain things and also just stay out of its way, right? Like remove obstacles that prevent healing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so then how did you explain how you ended up working with patients with chronic Lyme? Yeah. So, um, 
I feel like things really fell into my lap more than me, like me specifically going out to do, you know, treat Lyme disease. However, I am originally from Connecticut. Okay. So I was very familiar with Lyme disease and ticks and all that. My mom actually had Lyme disease um, Mm -hmm. acutely, which was great. I mean, it's pretty easy to catch it in Connecticut. People are looking for it when you have those specific symptoms. So she had it. She went on antibiotics, although I think there's probably still some things that we could work on with her that probably comes up again. Um, but when I was in school, I knew I wanted to live in San Diego. Mm-hmm. So when I would come out here, Don't we all? I know, I know we used to visit during <laughs> breaks and just like, I just fell in love with being yeah. here and by the beach. So I started kind of connecting with doctors in the area. Um, and I connected with Nicola, mm-hmm. um, who owns Restore Medicine in Mission Hills, amazing ND, very knowledgeable on Lyme disease. And as I was talking to her, I was like, yeah, I could totally do this. I actually had seen three cases of Lyme right before I left school. So sometimes too, when you kind of step back and like, listen, the universe kind of throws things at you, you know, and I feel like things always come in threes. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, I did just have three different cases of Lyme disease that I saw in clinic. Um, and I was like, I'm definitely familiar with Lyme. And I, I knew at that point, I knew what Lyme was and, you know, the joint pain and the fatigue, but I had no idea really like mm-hmm. what these people go through. Um, but the cool thing too, was what I really wanted was besides to be in San Diego was to work with and for a naturopath that could kind of create our our own residency more or less, Mm -hmm. like be someone who could train me and give me some support because you get out of school and you're just like, you learn so much, which is awesome, but it's also like this double-edged sword. You're like, now I have so many tools and so many things I can do. Like where, you know, what do I do first plus running a business? So it was really nice for me to join a busy practice, learn about business, um, and just kind of have a mentor mm-hmm. for being able to lean on someone with the, you know, the doctoring side of things. Mm-hmm. So that was amazing. Nicola was great. I learned so much from her. I learned so much from my patients. It was insane. So, you know, basically with Lyme disease, it's this umbrella term that refers to um, one bacteria called Borrelia. Um, and there's a lot of different species of it, but the most common is Borrelia burgdorferi. And then there's a handful of other co-infections that are oftentimes infected at the same time as Lyme. So, you know, I learned about all the different co-infections and how they affect literally every system in the body. Um, And it really is debilitating for these patients. Like I've always said, I just, I wouldn't wish it upon my worst enemy. Mm -hmm. It's really, really tough. So it was very humbling um, to, you know, see Lyme patients day in and day out for about three and a half years. But I got to a certain point where... I just knew kind of deep down that there was a few other things that I was passionate about in terms of treating people. And I didn't necessarily just want to be locked into that one thing the rest of my career. So it just kind of, you know, worked itself out where I was uh, at a point and I was ready to start my own practice and branch out a little. We live in a world that very much encourages the dysregulation of our hormones and something that is so simple to do that everybody can do to help regulate their sleep and balance out all of their other hormones is wear high quality blue light blocking glasses. And the company I always recommend is Blue Blocks. These are the only blue light blocking glasses 100% backed by science. If you have a pair of blue blockers that have orange lenses, you're not blocking the full spectrum of blue and green light that are affecting your hormones. So you need the Sleep Plus red lens. Put these on when the sun goes down and will really help to relax you, reduce anxiety, and improve your sleep. I'm actually wearing those right now. (laughs) They make a huge difference. And then during the day, 
either getting their blue light clear lens, which is great for people who work in natural lighting, or their summer glow yellow lens, which is blue light blocking meets color therapy and great for people who struggle with seasonal depression and or work under harsher artificial lighting. So I use the blue light clear lens and the sleep plus red lens. And I notice a huge difference on days when I forget. I get massive headaches. I can tell my eyes feel strained and my sleep is not good which then affects my productivity, my energy, my mood, my digestion. The next day, it's a mess. So those are a must for me. And their Remedy Sleep Mask is a 100% light blocking sleep mask that helps us support REM sleep and deep sleep. I'm super sensitive to light. And if I can sense there's too much light, I wake up. And I've tried a lot of sleep masks before and they never actually help. I love this sleep mask and cannot recommend it enough. And without it, I probably would not have slept for the last three months. They have so many different frames to pick from. They have about 20 different frames. I get compliments on my lenses all the time. My favorites are their Parker lens, but you can also send in your own frames and they also have a custom-made prescription service available as well if you need that. And they're dedicated to giving back. So for every pair of blue blocks they sell, they donate a pair of reading glasses to Restoring Vision, who gives them to someone in need. Wearing real blue blockers is such a simple thing you can do to get rid of any headaches, any digital eye strain, improve your sleep, give yourself more energy, be more productive, lose weight, regulate your hormones. You need a pair of these. So you can head to blueblocks.com. That's spelled B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com to check out all of their products and use my code wellness for 15% off. Again, that's blueblocks.com, B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com and use my code wellness, W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S for 15% off. You're going to notice a huge difference when you get these glasses. So I can't wait to hear what you think. I want to touch a little bit more on, on Lyme. Um, so did you, did you see that overlap a lot with mold? Oh yeah. 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 That was one thing, you know, again, as I was seeing patients and learning about Lyme, I had to very quickly learn about mold Mm -hmm. because very similar symptoms. Um, very often Lyme patients have mold. Mm -hmm. So that was one thing I noticed was like, sometimes (sighs) the hard thing about working at a Lyme literate clinic is that everyone who walks through the door thinks they have Lyme or yeah. comes there specifically for Lyme. So it's, it's really easy to pigeonhole people. Yeah. And I tried my hardest not to do that. Yeah. Um, in the beginning, especially cause I didn't know as much as a young doctor, a new doctor, I feel like I probably did that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, where maybe they did have Lyme, but that wasn't their bigger issue. Their bigger mm-hmm. issue was maybe mold or genetic issues or something. So, um, yeah, about, you know, within the first few months, I quickly started learning about mold and I have continued to learn about mold quite a bit. Um, cause I would say now that's probably what I treat more than Lyme is mold. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, I mean, everybody's different, but I think the longer I've kind of dealt with all of this and experiencing it myself, I'll just speak from my own perspective. Like yeah. I feel like my, the mold illness was like the root of the Lyme. Totally. So to me, that was like the most important thing to focus on because yeah. I just feel like you know, watching so many people struggle with overcoming Lyme, I just always felt like you're looking in the wrong place. Right. Like, and I feel like people make themselves sicker and sicker, especially when it's like attached to this diagnosis that people hear. They're like, it's incurable. And now you identify with being sick and there's so much psychology to like being diagnosed. Um, I don't think anybody has like the answer because everyone's Mm -hmm. so different, but just from my perspective, I just feel like there's a lot of people with Lyme disease who 
might see a lot better results if they focused more on the mold. Totally. I, I know. I totally agree. And you know, I've heard it from a few different doctors that if, if a patient has Lyme and mold, you treat the mold first. Mm-hmm. Um, and both create like this body-wide cytokine storm, they call it, right? Where there's inflammation being released throughout the body, but mold even more so. It is just so inflammatory. Um, so it's really hard to have your immune system try to heal from something when it's constantly being inflamed. Mm-hmm. And that's where like Lyme patients get so bogged down because they have to, they kind of do have to be perfect in their diet in a lot of ways. And they have to be doing the, you know, the enemas at home and the castor oil packs and the mm-hmm. Epsom salt baths and the infrared saunas. And, you know, it's, again, there's no one perfect combination of things, but what I've found is when people are doing a combination of eating well, supplements, the at-home therapies, the IVs, that's where I see the biggest improvements. Mm -hmm. But if you're right, if you're doing those things and you're not seeing a difference, then you may want to consider like what else is kind of on that outer layer. We always talk about health as like an onion, right? And peeling back Mm -hmm. the layers. Um, There may be either an outer layer that has to be addressed first or that root layer isn't really being targeted yet. Yeah. Well, so what do you what do you think are the best tests for Lyme and mold? If someone wants to see if they have it. You are drilling me, girl. I'm um, just curious. I know. I love When I people love ask me that and I'm like <laughs> I'm like, I just go off your intuition. That's my I'm not I a like doctor. That. So <laughs> like, that's just muscle test. Yeah. Which I've done. Which Honestly, I love. I'd love that. Yeah. I'm more woo than anything else nowadays. Same. So. I mean same. I I think the body has a lot of interesting ways of telling us stuff. But yeah. um I mean, I, when I was at Restore, we used Igenix a lot, mm-hmm. um, which is a pretty well-known lab company for Lyme. It's expensive. Mm-hmm. That's the downside. Um, but they have some really good ways of testing because when you go to the doctor and you ask them for a Lyme test, they typically will run something called an ELISA test first. There's like two tiers. If that comes back positive, then they go to a Western. Mm-hmm. The ELISA is not very accurate most of the time. Um, and so when they get a negative, they're already like, they're stopping right away and not moving forward. But the thing, especially with chronic Lyme is that it's very hard to pick up on the blood because it's constantly changing its outer protein surface markers, meaning those are like the little flags of how the immune system identifies it. And so one of the reasons why the immune system has such a hard time is because it's constantly changing. So it constantly is seeing it as a new infection. Mm. Um, it's basically trying to chase something that it can never find and catch. So it's also hard to pick up in the blood. So you get a lot of false negatives. Um, Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of controversy out there about Lyme and, you know, that's a whole nother thing. But um, Igenix has been helpful. They do um, a West, they do their own kind of Western blot with different um, bands. And so you can get a little bit more specific about instead of just saying positive or negative, you can look at which bands are potentially positive and negative. And that can kind of tell you a little bit more information about, Mm -hmm. hey, you got to have a negative result, but these two bands are elevated. So that really makes me think that there's probably some Lyme there and mm-hmm. let's, let's kind of move forward. Um, they also have something called immunoblot. Um, they have their own name. It's like yeah. Igenix spot or I spot or something, mm-hmm. but those, have, those are pretty um, helpful too for more of a chronic picture. Okay. Um, yeah. So those are pretty good. Honestly, one of my favorite ways to test for Lyme though is an herbal provocation. Which basically means there are certain herbs that are known to go after Lyme and different co-infections. Uh-huh. And so you basically take a week at a time and you give them each individual herb and you see what happens. Mm. Because as you know, when you treat Lyme, there's something called a Herxheimer reaction mm-hmm. where because you're killing off the bacteria, they release their own neurotoxins, which can make your symptoms a little bit worse before you feel better. So sometimes that's a way of telling like, are we actually on the right track and killing these things off? Mm-hmm. Um, seeing that Herx. So that can actually tell us a lot about 
what co-infections you may have. Yeah. And the other thing to remember is that Lyme's actually, uh, chronic Lyme is actually a clinical diagnosis backed by labs. Mm. So I love running lab work. If people have the, you know, the money to do it, great. If not, I'm happy to kind of treat empirically based off of, you know, your symptoms and your history Mm -hmm. and your picture. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the, what did you call it? Herbal Herbal provocation. Yeah. I feel like that, I would go with that, honestly, just because the testing is so expensive. And remember, I'm not a doctor, so I I can say this. Like, (laughs) that's just about what I would do if I could do it all over again, because the testing is so expensive and it's just, there's so many false, like false results. Yeah. Um, So it's hard because we come from this like environment, right? Where like the doctor knows everything and like Mm -hmm. the labs are, you know, face value. But we have to remember that there, you have to take labs with a grain of salt, right? It's only going to, it's only going to show you what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. And even then it may not show it. Like Mm -hmm. I have a friend that always says this about stool testing. Stool testing is like, if you're standing in the ocean, and you dip your hand in to kind of reach and and see if you can pick up a fish. Mm-hmm. Just because you don't pick up a fish one time doesn't mean it's not in the ocean. That's a really good analogy. It is a great analogy. Yeah. And I tell my patients all the time, like, yeah. just because we didn't see it on these labs doesn't necessarily mean we can completely rule it out, especially with Lyme. Yeah. Some things, yes. Yeah. But there's a lot of infections you can't. Yeah. Well, I also am interested in... You might have picked up on this. Like, do you feel like there are certain energetic or emotional roots to Lyme disease? Yeah, definitely. Um, I've seen a few different like categories of personalities and mm-hmm. there's definitely the like victim kind of type, which I, I also get. So mm-hmm. I almost feel bad saying that, but no, um, I agree. Yeah. There's definitely where, you know, where like everything is against you kind mm-hmm. of thing, you know? Um, and then there's the people that are super positive about it, but do kind of, I start to identify with, you know, being sick and being chronically ill. And that can take a lot of time to get past. Yeah. There's definitely a PTSD with Lyme. Oh, for sure. hundred mm-hmm. percent. Um, some of the other, and then perfectionism. Yeah. I'd say it's kind of similar. I mean, I think cancer is like that too. Yeah. I know cancer has uh, like a lot of like guilt kind of, um, personality and, and mm-hmm. perfectionism and stuff. I'd yeah. say Lyme is kind of similar to that too. Yeah. I mean, I definitely can identify with a lot of those. And I think also it's like, I mean, I feel like your body's trying to tell you to like, listen, totally listen to something deeper. Like something has to change and it's like your body's screaming at you to change. Most of the time it's slow down. Yes. That is like the biggest message that I get. Yeah. It's very hard to, uh, you know, to get people to like register that. Yeah. 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 And there's like, there's so much psychology to it. I felt like I was so depressed just when I realized what I needed to do to change my lifestyle, like yeah. it's like, Oh, this is what you have now. Okay. So now it's enemas and wow. ozone and sauna. And I'm like, Holy shit, it's going to take me seven hours a day right. to like do all of this. And I yeah. think that alone can be super overwhelming for Agreed. people. And that's where it's like, find a regimen that makes you, that works for you. Right. Mm-hmm. So like things that definitely you can say okay when i do sauna i definitely feel better yeah and instead of doing it two hours a day do it for like half an hour three days a week you know Mm -hmm. like it doesn't have to be exact every single day um because the minute you make something stressful you're literally that's an obstacle right yeah it's another (laughs) obstacle to heal like you want to be in a state where you can just like focus on healing Mm -hmm. give yourself positive you know energy and positive meditation whatever it is that you do to kind of help you know boost your morale Mm -hmm. because your body's going to heal better when you're in that state Mm -hmm. So, you know, again, and that's where it's like finding someone that can help navigate the treatment side of things for you is helpful because mm-hmm. when you're trying to heal and try to figure out like, what do I need to do and what do I need to take, 
that is so stressful. You're not going to have a good um, energy around you to actually just be in a, like a parasympathetic state, right? A rest and digest healing state. Yeah. Well, especially because like you were saying, so many people who have Lyme are very perfectionist personalities. Right. So they're like, oh, I'm going to do every single healing modality I can right. find, which takes them all day long mm-hmm. and is draining. So draining. So draining. Yeah. Well, so I'm curious, what do you find like moves the needle the most for a lot of people if they were just going to pick a couple things to really focus on? Yeah. I'd say getting good sleep is huge. And I know this can be kind of a double-edged sword because a lot of Lyme patients and mold patients especially have a very hard time sleeping. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's one of the biggest things that I work on with people. Um, And sometimes it's just like addressing sleep hygiene, like figuring out what time to go to bed, what time to get up, starting there first and making sure that's like as consistent as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, there are definitely some nutrients and stuff that you can take to help you fall asleep, stay asleep, all that. Um, what do you like to help people stay asleep? I know a lot of listeners struggle with that. Yeah. Staying asleep is tends to be a combination of adrenal issues and blood sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, and I should say hypoxia, low, low oxygen. Mm. Um, probably blood sugar and oxygen are like the biggest two and then blood sugar is kind of thrown in. So um, anything that's going to help lower cortisol at night and kind of keep it lower so your cortisol is not spiking too early. Mm-hmm. So what happens is when we sleep, cortisol drops, melatonin goes up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and when we get to the towards the morning, cortisol slowly starts to rise. And when it's at a high enough point, that's kind of one of the triggers that tells us, hey, it's time to get up. Our blood sugar is low. Feed me. So you should wake up feeling hungry. Most people that I see do not. They're like, yeah, I'm not most hungry people in the don't. morning. That's not really a normal like circadian rhythm thing. You should wake up feeling hungry. Um, so, That's interesting. Yeah. But what? A, so then, how do you feel about the whole intermittent fasting thing? Yes. Oh my gosh, I actually just did a video on this. It's fine. Oh, good. Um, I think intermittent Juicy. fasting is great, but I do think that people need to shift it a little bit. So the whole thing with intermittent fasting is typically you're eating during an eight-hour period, fasting for sixteen. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great way to like reboost metabolism give your digestive tract a break, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And also make sure that your blood sugar is fully coming down before it spikes back up. So totally open to intermittent fasting, depending on your, you know, what your blood sugar is like. However, a lot of people that are doing intermittent fasting don't start eating in the day until 12, 1, 2 o'clock. And that to me is too late. Our bodies do better when we receive food and nutrients in the morning. That's Mm -hmm. why they always always hear breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Mm -hmm. It's not 100% false. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there's a lot of aspects to that that are actually true. Mm-hmm. Um, it just depends on what you're eating for breakfast. Hopefully not sugary cereal, even yeah. though that's what I grew up on. Yeah. And I don't think anyone listening to this I Probably not. <laughs> um, but definitely some good protein in the morning. Yeah. Um, so even if you're not eating till like 10, 11, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't go much past that because then you're eating, you know, till eight, nine o'clock at night. Yeah. So that's not good either. Yeah. And then that screws with your sleep. Totally. I know, like, yeah. When I was eating carnivore, it like... It was because I, I wouldn't eat until like 12 or 1 and it was right. easy. I didn't think about it. That's the only time I've ever really intermittent fasted. Yeah. Um, but then I wouldn't eat dinner until like 8 or 9. Right. And then it was like sitting in my stomach digesting and yep. screwed my sleep up. And then totally. I would wake up the next morning feeling right. super groggy. Yep. And like bloated. And, yeah. Yeah. The times I need to get better at this myself. But the times I like stop eating, mm-hmm. you know, 6, 7. I wake up and I have like a flat stomach. Yeah. Like, oh, that's all it takes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's funny because I feel like there are so many people who have like chronic SIBO or whatever, right. who like they, they eat too late. They don't chew. Oh my gosh. That is, so- 
<laughs> that's what I'm saying is like these simple practices that sound sound like are you yeah. serious? Like I just paid you like yeah. three hundred dollars to tell yeah. you know for you to tell me to chew, but it's true. Like Sometimes sit down. What it takes. <laughs> Seriously, sit down when you eat. Yeah. Take three deep breaths. Mm-hmm. Get into a rest and digest state. Chew your food. Maybe mm-hmm. don't drink tons of water while you're eating. Like I always add that to my like my treatment protocols because mm-hmm. people forget, myself included. You know. Yeah. Oh my God, my boyfriend takes a bite and then drinks water to swallow it. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah, I can't watch. I know. Like, <laughs> it's bad. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So with the intermittent fasting, you're open to it, but you prefer earlier eating. Uh, yeah. I would say if people can shift it a little bit earlier, it's probably mm-hmm. going to be, they're going to be better off. Mm-hmm. Do you have any feelings around eating window, especially for women? Like this audience is mostly women. Yeah. And like, I don't know. I feel like the eight hours can be a little stressful. Agreed. So what would you recommend? So with people want to do intermittent fasting, I tend to ease them into it. Mm-hmm. So I may even start with 12 and 12, right? Mm-hmm. 12 hours of fasting, 12 hours of eating. And then we'll shift to, I'm going to script the math, 10 and 14. There mm-hmm. we go. Um, and then so forth. So, I mean, I find that like between eight for me is hard to be honest. Yeah. Um, so like. I can't do eight. I can't Unless do Unless I'm eating. It's before. like, Yeah. <laughs> It doesn't sound like it's hard, but it's really hard. Yeah. Um, so I'd say like, I feel like 10 is the sweet spot Okay. for most people, most women. Yeah. yeah. Some can do a little bit, you know, less hours. Some need a little bit more. Yeah. And so when you were saying before, like maybe intermittent fasting, depending on their blood sugar. Yeah. So some people have more of a pattern and I should say a blood sugar pattern. Um, like I'm very tend to be hypoglycemic. Mm-hmm. Um, meaning, yeah. Meaning like I need, when I don't eat regular meals, my blood sugar gets low. I get that like definitely hangry. You can ask my husband, I'm like, feed me in 20 mm-hmm. or like it's on you. Um, so hangry, dizzy headaches, like even my eyes, it's hard for me to focus mm-hmm. if I don't eat regularly. Now, part of that is probably like, I need to maybe do some intermittent, fa- mm-hmm. intermittent fasting or Mm-hmm. you know, work on tweaking my blood sugar a little bit, but for those people, intermittent fasting is much harder. Mm-hmm. So that's where you definitely want to do more of the, like, start with, you know, 12 hours and work your way down. Mm-hmm. Um, with people who, um, can go longer periods without eating and don't feel that it's going to be easier for them. So those tend to be more like hyper glycemic. Um, mm-hmm. maybe after eating a big meal, they get really tired. Uh, especially if it's like a carbohydrate meal, which mm-hmm. is most people to be honest, but, yeah. um, yeah, like anytime you eat, if you feel fatigued after that, maybe a good thing for you to do is intermittent fasting. Or if your blood sugar tends to be a little bit higher, mm. um, whether it's like your hemoglobin A1C, if you get it checked or just your glucose levels, or maybe you have like diabetes in the family, mm-hmm. if you know that, then intermittent fasting can really help kind of support that. Or if like you're trying to lose weight and you're just, it's been very hard for you to do that. You're holding on to it in mm-hmm. certain areas then that can kind of trigger um, yeah. I think the blood sugar pattern thing is super interesting and not a lot of people talk about it because yeah. I feel like in the nutrition space, it's uh, people make it seem so black and white. Yeah. And for me, it was always like, okay, to balance my blood sugar, eat three regular meals, focus on protein and fat. And that actually just made me hypoglycemic mm-hmm. all the time. Like I did it for years to a T. Yeah. I could be in ketosis. My blood sugar was a wreck. Yeah. And I do think there's a lot of individual variation. I think some people just do better with with smaller, regular meals. Definitely. And I've actually had, you know, I tend to start people on, okay, let's see if we can do like three separate meals first, Mm -hmm. just because of the, like, especially if I'm trying to get them on back on like a normal circadian rhythm, Mm -hmm. 
But I've had a handful of people tell me, well, like, I've done that and I don't feel great doing that. Yeah. I feel better when I, especially if they have like bloating and gas and stuff. Yeah. Then they may need to have smaller meals, but yeah. they're spread out. And I think that's fine. I think it's good to experiment and listen to your body, right? Yeah. Like I always tell my patients, you know, your body way better than I do. So I'm here to guide you. But if you have either like an intuition or you've experimented before and you know something, tell me, because mm-hmm. um, then we'll, we'll work with that. Yeah. Well, and that's interesting too about the bloating and digestive issues because I know a lot of people, most of the people who listen to this podcast have been on a very similar journey to me where it's like, you know, you're, you're afraid to snack because you like want to give your migrating motor complex time and you're like, no, I have to have three meals a day, but then it ends up like tanking your adrenals and your blood sugars all over the place. And so, yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's just kind of, Flipping the script again. Yeah. I feel like you kind of do need to listen to your body. So, yeah. and, and also be able to interpret what your body's telling you. So mm-hmm. is it, do you want a snack because you're bored? Do you want a snack because you're craving sweets? Um, so try to like sit down and be conscientious about that. Mm-hmm. Or is it, do I need a snack because I actually feel kind of hungry? Like yeah. I need nutrients. Um, a lot of times cravings are because there's a lack of nutrients, mm-hmm. even with like sweets, right? So like, Chocolate is a perfect example. Most mm-hmm. women that crave chocolate are low in magnesium. Yeah. That's like one of the major ones. I mean, most people are low in magnesium. True. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but same thing with like, you know, zinc from certain nuts and mm-hmm. seeds and selenium and all that kind of stuff. So sometimes it's just kind of learning to read what your body's telling you. Let's be honest. You kind of want to start a podcast and you have that thought for a reason. This is exactly why I teamed up with Kelly Tennant and Connor Moore, and we have combined forces to create the pod course, which is a course that teaches you everything you need to know about how to launch and grow a successful podcast. I've been podcasting for five years. Kelly and Connor have been doing this for a long time too. We've all hosted different shows. We've all rebranded. Kelly and Connor run Soulfire Productions, our production company. So they work with so many podcasts every single day, seeing behind the scenes, and we know how complicated it can be. So we combined all of our information and knowledge and laid everything out in a really easy to understand, super helpful format. So you can learn in six weeks what took us collectively probably about 15 years to figure out. We cover everything from technology, what equipment to use, how to set up your podcast logistically, hosting it, editing it, producing it, branding your show, naming your show, figuring out your niche, different podcasting styles and how to format your show, how to interview. This is crucial. And Kelly was a professional reporter for a long time, so it's very helpful to have her professional skills. We talk about guest outreach, how to get amazing guests on your show, pitching your podcast, getting on other shows, different promotional strategies and marketing strategies, how to build and grow your community, how to get reviews, and of course, how to monetize. There's so much misinformation out there about monetizing your podcast and we lay it all out so that you can grow your show, monetize it, and you don't have to have a gazillion downloads to do so. Kelly, Connor, and I all have experience building podcasts from the ground up. We didn't have big followings and then whip out a podcast and everybody ran our way. So we get exactly where you are. It can help guide you through this so that you can launch your show and hit the ground running. We are launching this six-week course starting November 2nd. It is going to have weekly modules. We'll have video and audio content, PDFs and guides to support you along the way, and then weekly Q&A calls so that you can connect with other podcasters and have that community aspect as well. And you will leave this course able to create massive impact and make money. Enrollment closes 
October 26th and we have limited spots available. So make sure you head to thepodcourse.com to snag your spot. Now we start November 2nd. Enrollment closes October 26th and you can sign up at thepodcourse.com. We are so excited to help you launch a kick-ass show. What do you think are the most common nutrient deficiencies like magnesium? Magnesium zinc. for sure. Yep. I see zinc and selenium a lot, especially because a lot of like that interferes a lot with thyroid, mm-hmm. right? Um, I see a lot of women with hair loss. That has been so yeah. common recently. Actually, I would love to hear your take on that because yes. some people have been asking about that in my group <sighs> too. And you know what? I used to be like, oh yeah, that's easy. It has definitely gotten a little bit harder to navigate because there's mm-hmm. so many reasons you can have hair loss, yeah. right? Like thyroid is definitely one of the major ones. Um, mineral and just other nutritional deficiencies for sure. Sometimes it's from chronic illness, Mm -hmm. mold. That's a really common symptom for mold people to Mm -hmm. like lose their hair or even like Lyme. So you do kind of have to tease out like what's that root cause of why they're having hair loss hormonal as well. Like Mm -hmm. that's a big one. So (sighs) it it can take some time to like Mm -hmm. figure it out for sure. But I'd say like the biggest things would be like making sure you have a balanced minerals for sure because they just they have you know they help support hair they help support thyroid they help support hormones help support your immune system I would say good mineral complex is mm-hmm. really really key that's why that my other naturopath that works here too Caitlin Cloyd she works for Nutrafol mm. I don't know if you've ever heard of them Mm-mm. but they're a really cool supplement company and they focus on hair loss. Um, and so their products have a mixture of different minerals, but also herbs that help support thyroid and hormones. It's mm. kind of like a cool combo. Okay. So I found that to be helpful. Interesting. Yeah. It's weird. Everybody's having hair it's loss. so common like, these days. I feel like my go-to is like, well, I think about all those things you just said and I'm like, I mean, I'm just going to say that's all down to stress. Totally. <laughs> stress is huge. Yeah. Adrenals, you know? adrenals, yeah. supporting adrenals is huge because that's, you know, what creates yeah. cortisol or stress yeah. hormone. But it can be scary. Yeah. Like it can be scary for people. Oh yeah. Um, what do you think about like collagen? Do you find yes, that helps? Yes, yeah. yes, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Collagen is great. Um it's not like the be all end all mm-hmm. uh for every person, but for some people it is. Mm-hmm. So it you know, collagen just it helps skin, hair, nails, joints, bones. Doesn't hurt to throw it in. Although I will say there's a lot of collagens now out on the market and not all of them are very well absorbed. Yeah. <laughs> So again, There's a lot of everything out there in the I market. Know, it's like CBD. True. I'm like, what I are know. you taking? Yeah. Taking natural flavors and sunflower oil. Yeah. Like awesome. CBD water. Yeah. That makes me laugh so much. <laughs> CBD water. Yeah. Well, it's like, and they've done studies that most of the CBD out there, like it's, if you test it, doesn't even have that much in it. Yeah. If at all. Right. Which is so sad, but yeah. this and is and the world of supplements. It's really pricey too. Yeah. 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 It's sad, but yeah. no, the hair loss thing is definitely getting bigger. Yeah. So... Yeah. A lot, I, I found that a lot of it is hormonal related too, mm-hmm. though, whether it's thyroid or sex hormones or um, adrenals for sure. Mm-hmm. So, and when it comes to hormones, I kind of feel like you almost need to address all of them together. Yeah. You know, most of the time, maybe one or two is really out of whack, but if you're just treating thyroid and you're not treating adrenals or mm-hmm. ovaries or pituitary, it's harder to heal. Yeah. You're not looking at all of them. I feel like for most people, the adrenals are, all, are always involved and so what, what do you think are the most important things to focus on if your adrenals are really struggling? Um, great question. It also depends on what kind of adrenal issues you have. So, right, like sometimes there's people that can't get out of bed in the morning. Mm-hmm. It's like just like exhausted all the time. Yeah, exhausted all the time. Some people have like crash midday. Mm-hmm. Some people have adrenal issues because they just can't fall, stay asleep. So that can kind of shift like which herbs you're using. That's mm-hmm. the only reason why I brought that up. 
Um, but generally there are some great adaptogens. Like I love Eleutherococcus. I love rhodiola. Ashwagandha is one of those ones that like it has a lot of popularity and it is helpful, but it definitely has more of a androgen, so like testosterone support. Mm-hmm. So for women that, um, you know, may want to be careful about that sometimes. Um, what else? There's um, holy basil is great. So I think like a good mm-hmm. combo, but also like B vitamins are really helpful, yeah. especially B5 and B12 are mm-hmm. really important for adrenals. Yeah. Yep. You know what I I think is so cool about you? I feel like you know all these herbs and I'm like, <laughs> holy shit, I've never heard of this, like, which I love. I feel like you know so many random herbs. Like the one when you were telling me on our phone call, like, I was like, holy shit, what is this? Like, I don't even know how you keep herbs. it, how you keep it all straight. I love it. <laughs> that is one. It's like, again, it's a blessing and a curse. Yeah. Um, Do you, you have, have photographic s- memory? No. Oh. I actually, but I, my, one of my best friends in medical school basically did. Uh-huh. So we would like be study partners together. And after 20 minutes, she was bored. Yeah. And I was like, uh. she was like, Hey, do you want to go? She should call me Emmy. Yeah. Emmy, do you want to go like for a walk and hang out? <laughs> And I was like, sure. And I was like, wait a minute. I need way more time than yeah. just to study. Like, what oh am I doing? <laughs> um, I have a pretty good memory, though. Yeah. But it's like, use it or lose it, right? Mm-hmm. So there's plenty of stuff I learned that, like, I don't really remember or, like, I have to, you know, remind myself. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you have so many things in your head. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, what do I want to do with this person? Because I could do this. I could do that. Yeah. So, you know, I try my hardest to not completely overwhelm my patients with, like, thousands of supplements. Yeah. Um, and I learn a lot from my patients. Yeah. I've learned so much. I I think it's just really important to be humble. And, um, you know, every day is a learning experience. And mm-hmm. like you said, every person heals and responds differently. So just mm-hmm. being open to that. Like, no one person is going to know everything. Yeah. Yeah. So actually, how do you decide, like, what to try with a patient? Because I know there are yeah. a lot of, um, like, holistic practitioners listening. And this mm-hmm. is a question I know people bring up a lot. They're like, I have so many supplement options. Like, what do I do? (sighs) That's a very good question. Um, So most of the time, my approach is I sit with patients. I, my initial consults are supposed to be an hour and 20 minutes. I will tell you, I'm typically an hour and a half to two hours with Mm -hmm. patients. Um, But that's because I'd rather sit there and get like all the information I need. But I normally tell them, look, like I'm going to take time to put all this together, sit, think, think it through, do any kind of research that I need mm-hmm. to before I just kind of come up with a treatment plan right on the spot. Mm-hmm. I find that I'm able to, first of all, it definitely reduces stress on me. Um, and then sometimes when I like let it sit for a little bit, things come to me Yeah. or half the time when I'm talking to people, I'll be like, oh my gosh, like random things will just pop into my head. So sometimes it is a little bit intuitive. Mm-hmm. Um, other times it's about like taking a step back and looking at all the different things they're dealing with and figuring out what supplements or lifestyle practices will help the most things. Yeah. Right. Um, that way they don't have to be on 80 different supplements. Yeah, because so many people are. They're on so many supplements. Yeah. And then you get supplement fatigue and I know. you stop taking them. And I, I mean, I again, I will admit I've done that for people yeah. before where I've just well, like, looked you, back. And, you need to though. Like, yeah. With certain situations. Yes, like, definitely. You know? Or you know what happens often too is like you start them on things and you kind of slowly add stuff and all mm-hmm. of a sudden they're on 20 things yeah. You know, very quickly. So I try to keep a running list of what people are on and talk about how we can tweak them or okay, let's take a break from this and, and mm-hmm. switch it. And that's the other thing too, is like, as people are on these protocols, you know, our bodies and our healing process is, um, it's fluid, right? Mm-hmm. It's constantly changing and evolving. So you want to be able to evolve that treatment plan with it. So there are certain things, okay, I know we're going to be on this for at least three months and then we're going to reassess. So I try to figure out like, what's the most 
prominent and um, thing we want to work on, what's priority, both what I think is priority and you. So one mm-hmm. of the things I always ask my patients is, are what are your top three concerns? Because because it allows me to figure out like what's bothering them the most. So if I think like SIBO and hormonal imbalance and headaches, but like really for you, sleep is your biggest thing. I mm-hmm. want to make sure I add something in your protocol to at least palliate and work on those symptoms while we're trying to treat the underlying mm-hmm. issues. So that's been helpful too. Yeah. I think it's a really good approach. And yeah. then like with all of your modalities, you have a table here, like yeah. h- how do you incorporate like the Eastern and Western, like w- that balance? Are you, yeah. do you use like more Chinese medicine, like acupuncture with your patients as well? Or what's the balance? like? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I actually do a really cool modality that I need to get better at. Um, marketing, telling people about. <laughs> um, so it, so I did learn acupuncture mm-hmm. in school, but in California, you have to have an additional LAC license to use okay. needles, right? But uh, traditional Chinese medicine is such a cool theory. Mm-hmm. It just makes so much sense. I mean, it's just a great, it's, it's great to have another tool of a different perspective on how the body heals, mm-hmm. right? And how it interacts. So one of the modalities I do is a gemstone acupressure for lack of a better term. Um, I call it gemstone therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, I use different gemstones on different acupuncture points. Yeah, you'll love this. I need this. Yes, I'll give you a treatment for sure. Oh, my God. Um, it's really, really fun. It's mm-hmm. so effective. It like almost boggles my mind how effective it is. Um, Doesn't the, boggle mine. I know. I'm well, a, you know, I'm a believer in this. <laughs> yeah. It was one of those things where like when I first was learning it in school, I was like, this is crazy. Yeah. But then I got a treatment. I was like, what is happening? Mm-hmm. Like, this is amazing. Um, so, you know, basically how it works, like, cause again, I'm very scientific minded, although mm-hmm. I'm open to all this other stuff. I'm like, okay, well, I need to know how it works. Mm-hmm. So each gemstone is made up of minerals, right? Each stone. Um, and every stone has a different energy or frequency, right? Like even like quartz, for example, quartz is used in, um, you know, TVs and watches to move things. Mm-hmm. So it's doing, if it can do that on that level, like it's, it can move energy in other ways, right? So it basically influences our energy. So the stones that I use are all spheres um, because what happens is the energy kind of comes, there's two things that are happening. It'll kind of pick up on energy that you're giving off and they all come into the center mm-hmm. and they, um, the stone itself will actually kind of um, transform the energy into ambient energy, the energy of the stone, and then kind of push it back out in equal directions. Where when you have a stone that's more of like an actual crystal with a point, mm-hmm. the energy flow is like through the blunt end, out the point, and back around. Oh, I see. So it's much more direct and targeted, mm-hmm. but it can be a little bit intense. And um, with a sphere, you're having this equal projection yeah. of energy. So it actually ends up being really, I find a lot more therapeutic on deeper like auras or deeper yeah. energy levels when you're using a sphere. Uh-huh. And then you combine it with acupuncture points and it's like this whole new thing. I've never, I've never heard of that before. It yeah. sounds so, so amazing. It's pretty cool. So that's why I have a table in yeah. my office for that and, you know, doing physical exams and stuff. Yeah. But. So is it, it's basically like they lay down, you put the stones on them and then you just let it sit for however long? Yeah. Or? Yep. So I do a little bit of a, like I'll put the stones on. I just use this like, um, really gentle, soft tape. Mm-hmm. And I, when I put the stones on, I also do acupressure. So I'm mm-hmm. kind of adding my own energy behind it mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, I normally use some essential oils like on the feet or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I cover your eyes. So it's really relaxing. Got some nice music on. Mm-hmm. And then every, most of the time I'll do some sort of like cranial sacral, if you're familiar with that. Mm-hmm. Um, just really gentle. It's like my own version of probably a combo of like cranial sacral and Reiki, mm-hmm. um, kind of over like typically the head and the neck. And then I'll just kind of let the person sit 
for about 20 minutes or so Mm -hmm. and just kind of let the process happen. Yes. It's pretty amazing. Um, I love that you do that because I think that's the missing piece. Like, especially like, because I'm just like surrounded in a like world of complicated cases because yeah. that's why people are, I think, usually attract to like are attracted to me because they connect with me because they right. know I've been through all my, my, you know, stuff. Yeah. That's been so complicated. And I find for so many people who actually get through it, the missing piece is like, it's the energy piece. It's not right. just one thing, you know, yeah. like it's all of it working together, which totally. I know you're on that train too, but it's like yeah. to com- not that many practitioners actually combine both. Yeah. Which I think is really needed. You know, and it's always a good reminder for me when I talk about it because, it, again, it's one of those things. I mean, I guess being in Southern California, people are much more open to it. Yeah. Um, but I probably need to talk about it with more of my patients because mm-hmm. it's not something that comes up a lot. Mm. And I go through spurts. Like, there'll be a few months where I have, you know, a bunch of them a week. And then I have a few months where, like, I haven't done any. Mm-hmm. And I love doing it. I think um, I've definitely seen if people don't feel a huge difference right away well first of all the biggest difference that they feel is that they're in a parasympathetic state right yeah. so that itself helps with yeah healing. that's key and it's one of those therapies that it kind of continues to work mm-hmm. even when the stones are off yeah um so it's in, in energy a, healing exactly yeah. it allows like all the supplements and all the things you're doing at home to just implement better mm-hmm. you know into your system so yeah i definitely yeah helpful. well and i think there's some misconception like you know sometimes people will tell they're like i got a i got a reiki session and nothing happened and i'm like it's like anything else. Do you take a supplement one time and you're right. like, nothing happened, didn't work? Like, right. no, like, you know, right. it's, if you're actually doing energy shifts, like sometimes people can get amazing results in one session, yeah. but like, if you're really working on a deeper issue, there needs to be consistency. Exactly. Like stick with it. Yeah. I mean, I talk about, you know, cause people always ask me, well, how many times should I do it? And how yeah. long does it take? You know, working on energy is like, um, like any other toxin in the body, mm-hmm. things build up, they create blockages and to me, like the root cause of everything is energetic. Yeah. Pretty much everything. Same. Um, and if you have an energy block, it's going to start to trickle upstream to like mental, emotional and, you know, spiritual. And then eventually the last piece you see as a result is a physical mm-hmm. issue. So, um, if I feel if you work on the energetic piece, you're really going to help, you know, in a positive way, trickle up to supporting physical issues. Mm-hmm. But I tell people it's like taking out the trash, like after time, that energy block and toxins build up in the body and your body has the, an ability to like handle a lot, mm-hmm. but you got to empty the trash. And if you don't, you kind of like any little, you know, trash on top or like the water on top of the glass that's full is going to spill over. Mm-hmm. So you know, figuring out when that tune-up is helpful for you. Maybe in the beginning you need it every week. Yeah. And then after a while you need just a tune-up once a once a month or, you know, yeah. once every quarter. But it's it's so important yeah. to work on that. No, aspect. I totally agree. I love that you do that. I'm so interested in it. I've never heard I mean I've gotten like crystal healings, but this is different. It's like combining the acupressure and the yeah. the specific points. Yeah. So the, the stones cool. um that I use, it's from a company called Gemisphere. Okay. So oh, cool. check it out. Yeah. yeah, I need to check that out. Yeah. Yeah. And I know when I first like you know, everybody has their gateway into like the energy world. Yeah. And I used to just think crystals were I was like not against them, yeah. but I wasn't really that into them. I was right. like, yeah, they're pretty. And I don't really get what everybody's all about. And then like, it's really been in the last six months or so when I just yeah. started really connecting with the frequency and like feeling yeah. it, like, mm-hmm. and actually understanding more of the science behind it where yeah. I'm like, oh my God, like it actually, they actually really work. Yeah. I mean, I have a whole book, <laughs> the Gemisphere book that one of the mm. top, those few on top yeah. that are all talk about like the science behind it, yeah. which to me like makes, you know, it helps to just wrap your mind around something that's not tangible. You yeah. Know? 
Yeah. Well, and I love that you point out, I'm like, yeah, it's in my computer. You know, like why, yeah. why, why do you think right. it's, it's, like, it's in our technology? Exactly. So yeah, it's super cool. Super cool. Well, I'm actually, I'm curious. Mm, how do I want to ask this? Have you ever had a patient that stands out who it was like a very complicated case or chronic and, um, I don't know, like a surprising turnaround mm, or like, like what, what moved, better? Yeah. Or? Like, yeah. Like what moved the needle for them that was like surprising? You know, because I feel like so many people listening to this, they struggle with a lot of chronic issues with their, I mean, bloating, Lyme, yeah, bloating, (laughs) everybody and their mom, Um, you know, all the SIBO, whatever. And like, I think sometimes like for me, I'm like, really, when I started doing like the energy work, that Mm -hmm. is what like, yeah really start shifting things. I agree. I I do do remember. So a few like more instances, there Mm -hmm. was, um, really sweet boy that was seeing me he had severe he had Lyme mm. he also had cystic fibrosis wow. um really severe like gut issues like constantly in pain and I actually remember he came in for a gemstone healing and we did this like digestive reset with just quartz crystals like that's it mm-hmm. and he said it was the only time in the past like year that he's had zero pain in his gut wow it was so cool and like he came back you yeah. know after he like you know a few weeks later but he had this relief while we were doing the the treatment. So what I typically find that those like wow moments are the simple things yeah. like doing infrared sauna for like 20 minutes a day or um, seed cycling. Seed cycling has been huge recently. I've been like yeah, telling a you, lot of people Are you to do into it. that? I don't know. I, I don't am. Know. Okay. I love like seed it? cycling. Okay. Have you done it? I did it, but not really. Like I didn't okay. give enough time. I did it for like two months mm-hmm. and then I it, I felt like all the seeds were really hurting my stuff. So that's a good point. If you have SIBO, <laughs> yeah. you have to be a little cautious yeah. with seeds likely. Yeah. But um I've just seen I actually had a um so I used to TA at Best Year teach um mm. at the naturopathic school here. And one of the students, his wife was like they were they wanted to have a, a baby soon and his wife was a little older and she hadn't had her period in a long time and he mm-hmm. was like picking my brain. I'm like, has she tried seed cycling? Mm-hmm. And he like comes back to me like probably within the next month. And he's like, oh my God, my wife started sea cycling and literally got her period like the next month. That's, That's so insane. cool. But would it work that quickly? That's at, what like at that point, is it more like, <sighs> I don't know. But what I will say is I've done it personally mm-hmm. and I've had a lot of patients do it and it definitely helps like PMS symptoms. Mm-hmm. It can help with just, again, I think anything that gets you back into that regular cycle yeah. um, and rhythm, I feel like as a human adults, we after childhood and we're like, you know, told what to do, when to do it Mm -hmm. as adults, we're like, I'm going to do what I want when I want. Mm -hmm. And we get totally thrown off our circadian rhythms. And that's when things start to go array because we're animals and we do better when we have rhythm. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I feel like the seeds, if anything really help that. And I always pair the seeds with oils too. So like, Mm. Um, the first half of your cycle, right, is the follicular phase. And it's typically you're doing two tablespoons of ground flax, pumpkin, and or chia seeds. Mm-hmm. But I also pair it with three grams of fish oil. Okay. And then the second half of your cycle, the luteal phase is more like progesterone support. And you're doing two te- tablespoons of sesame and or sunflower. Mm-hmm. You still can do the three grams of fish oil, but you're adding a gram of evening primrose oil. Okay. And I think the oils with the seeds are what I've seen to be really helpful. That's Sometimes. a good tip. Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of people don't add in the oils. Evening Primrose oil for me has been like a game changer. Like yeah. I just added in, I used to always get really bad cystic acne right before my period. Yeah. And then when I just started taking EPO, like the week before my period, I don't have it. It's awesome. Yeah. That's a huge, and that's a good reminder for me too. I'm like, oh yeah. You like, 
think of all these crazy treatment plans to put people on. You're yeah. Like, just taking some evening primrose oil. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been using this. Um, there's this really cool company called Seed Cycle Blend. Mm. They're awesome. They um they actually because the one thing about seed cycling is it's cheap and easy, but it also takes like being regular with yeah. it and grinding your seeds. Yeah. And, so um, I found a company recently that they grind the seeds for you ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all organic and they're in these like um, disposable, recyclable bags uh, and they're labeled follicular and luteal mm. and they'll send them to you and you can have it on like an auto ship mm-hmm. and they've done all the testing on the seeds because the one thing about like pre-grinding them is that seeds can oxidize quickly. Yeah, that's what I was wondering about. So um, they've done testing on them and as long as you keep them in the refrigerator, they are effective up to a month. Oh, which okay. is perfect because you only, yeah. you know, each bag of seeds you're only using for 15 days Yeah, if you're on a regular cycle. That's cool. That's really smart. It's so smart because that's one of the things that, that's one of the reasons I fell off of it was yeah. like remembering to refill my seeds and grind them yeah. every night. Well, so, that's like, that's what do you think about celery juice? Yeah, that's it. All these fads come through with, through my patients, yeah. which is kind of cool. And I've had so many patients like tell me that that's been such a game changer for them. Like yeah. their energy has been better. They... You know, their skin's clear, their weight is even like, mm-hmm. you know, falling off. So yeah. And I mean, again, you can obviously always blending it yourself is best, but um, I know Costco sells organic celery juice oh, that really? has lemon in it. Yeah. I I've didn't seen know it that. there before. Oh, wow. Yeah. I actually, it's interesting because, so I've been doing that for like a couple months now mm-hmm. and I, the first, I didn't notice anything for like a month and a half, mm-hmm. but I also think I didn't notice that at the beginning because I would, I would buy the pre- pre-juiced ones and i yeah. do notice a difference like I, if i do it fresh yeah i feel way better and if i do it like a day before it's not as good yeah. um so but yeah i've been surprised by that because it makes me feel so much better i have so much more awesome. energy and it got me off coffee i was like super nice. caffeine addicted which is yeah. not good for me yeah. but yeah so it's interesting because like with with some of these you know trends like I think I used to be so in the space of, okay, well, is there any science? And then you get to a point, I'm sure you get this, especially when you have chronic illness where you're like, okay, that's going to limit me at some point. Like if it works, I don't, I don't give a shit if it. Exactly. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. No, I I totally agree. I think. And again, it's like, how do you, the thing with science, which, you know, obviously I love science and it's great to have research and stuff, but research most of the time is like one specific thing, you know, that you're testing in, you know, one specific uh outcome or like mm-hmm. how do you account for like all the systems going on in the body at the same time right yeah. or the stress levels that you have or like you know covid coming up like yeah. there's just so many other things going on constantly that it's just translating like research to real life is there's a difference mm-hmm. um it's helpful obviously to have research to back things up but in the end i feel like you kind of have to try things and yeah. see what works best for you. Yeah. And if it works, it works. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And like, I was going to, did I tell you about that, that wave, the wave thing I bought? Like the yeah. ankle monitor thing? Uh, um, tell me more about it. It's called the wave, wave one from Free Medica. I've been okay. telling people about it. Not sponsored. I wish. It's like <laughs> a couple grand, but it's, um, you can put it on your arm or your ankle. Okay. And who did I hear about it first from? Scott, the better health guy, okay. and Yolanda Hadid is like a big promo- proponent mm-hmm. of it because she's like, I don't have to do my IV treatments or ozone wow. anymore. Like, nice. you just use this thing and you it like emits electromagnetic frequencies into your body that helps yeah. detox. Awesome, and takes you through a three month like Lyme protocol. Okay, with light. I don't, yeah. I'm like, yeah, it's so easy. I don't have to take anything. I might as well just try it. Yeah. So I've been trying it, and I noticed like I was having die off like the first couple of weeks. I'm like, this is oh, yeah. doing something. Oh yeah, so. 
I'm still like trying it out, but I am, I'm kind of a believer in it. Like, cause yeah. I've noted it. Cause I feel like my body does not respond to much. Like yeah. it's like, it has to be really strong for me to notice anything. Right. So that's been interesting for that's me to cool. try. Yeah, yeah. You might be interested in learning more. Look, about that it. sounds awesome. Yeah. yeah. I feel like anything with frequencies tends to be really effective for things like Lyme because, mm-hmm. um, so like one of my good friends does Reiki, um, and she also does biomagnetic pairing. Did mm. we talk about this ever? I think briefly. Yeah. So she Tell does that. Why. Yeah. It's really cool. And I don't even know the full effect of it, but it's basically different magnets that she puts on your body mm-hmm. to um, like polarize or depolarize different areas that mm-hmm. can affect like inflammation and different infections, even like hormone balancing yeah. and stuff. But that stuff makes a huge difference because like even with all the EMFs and stuff, yeah. you know, Dr. Klinghart, I don't know if you know him. Mm-hmm. Um, he talks so much about like the reason why some of these infections are just like rampant right now is because they like thrive under EMFs mm-hmm. and now we're like surrounded by them, yeah. you know, which also goes back to like our whole fertility issues, like yeah. EMFs everywhere in our pockets and like all mm-hmm. over, um, which can definitely, you know, have a negative effect. So when you can like that perfect environment for them, if you kind of flip it mm-hmm. and use frequencies for the, you know, to create an environment that they don't thrive in, it, it makes a yeah. big difference. Yeah. No, it's crazy. I think that that's probably a common thing for lime limeys too. It's yeah. like, I'm, I'm, no, I'm super sensitive to EMFs and yeah. everybody I know is Lyme is as well. Yeah. Like super sensitive to it. Yeah. But yeah, I think the frequency thing, there's a lot, there's definitely a lot to that. And I remember a couple years ago when, I feel like when more EMF stuff was coming out, mm-hmm. somebody I went, I was at a conference and he was talking about like the main cause of leaky gut, which is like at the root of everything, is like EMFs. And I was like, "Well, we're screwed." Yep. Yeah, awesome. we're definitely screwed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <the> yeah. So. <laughs> it's definitely a huge contributing factor. I 100 percent believe in that. Yeah, yeah. but gotta do your best well yeah exactly i mean it's so interesting and i'm sure people are gonna like want to learn more from you do you do virtual consults too? yes yeah, yeah. especially okay. now i mean i've always done virtual consults but um you know i think this whole time period is kind of mm-hmm. um catapulted all of these doctors to kind of go more virtual so yes um the nice thing about it i mean i love seeing people in person i think like again energetically you can connect yeah. better but i can do phone i can do you know like zoom mm-hmm. kind of videos um, and most of like the testing that I do, um, you know, if it's blood work, people, I just send a mobile phlebotomist to them. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the like stool saliva, all that, you can just do it at, at your home, which is great. So yeah, I do a lot of virtual stuff. Um, obviously the like gemstone stuff I have to do in person, yeah. but modern technology. It's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, amazing. Thank you so much. And can you just tell everyone like where, where to go to find more from you and connect yeah, with you? Yeah, absolutely. So my practice is called Wildcraft Medicine. It's in La Jolla um, and everything is Wildcraft Medicine. So it's www.wildcraftmedicine.com. You can schedule on there. You can schedule a free 15 minute consult actually, if you just want to like pick my brain about what you have going on and see if it's a good fit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like doing that a lot with people just to get to know them. I have an Instagram that I post a lot on Wildcraft Medicine um facebook page as well so all of this just wildcraft medicine amazing thank you so much yeah thanks for having me appreciate it huge thank you to dr emily pocha for coming on the podcast she is so incredible don't forget to connect more with her on instagram at high five to health and at wildcraft medicine and also you can find more from her on her website wildcraftmedicine.com 
Don't forget, if you want exclusive behind the scenes access to content related to the podcast and my life, you can check out my private Instagram page, Wellness Realness Crew. All you have to do to get access to that page is DM a screenshot of your iTunes rating and review to that account, Wellness Realness Crew. DM a screenshot of your iTunes rating and review, request to follow, and when I get both of those, I will accept your request and you will get access to the page. You can also connect further with other podcast listeners in our free Facebook group, Wellness Realness Podcast Tribe. That's going to be it for today's show. Thanks again so much for tuning in. I hope you have an amazing rest of your day and I will chat with you again next episode.